Welcome to the Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast. I am Jason. With me, usual is Rich. Hello, Rich. How's it going? Well, it's going well. It's uh, exciting times. Well, actually, not really that interesting of times, unfortunately, in the uh, NBA season. A little bit uh, <laughs> of dozeville, unfortunately. But we have another league that's filled the gap for me. Per, I, it really well, it did for the first week, and now less so. And that's uh, I think we should now explain it because people have been kind of wondering, hey, where's Jason been? What's Jason doing? Uh, we always call you Jason, and we say Jason Man or whatever. But you are actually Rashad McCants, who was the number one draft pick. Uh, in the big three draft. So I'm happy that you've been able to find some time in, you know, the, the busy big three season to come here and, and, and talk to me for a little bit. So, yeah, well, I, I've managed to do a good job of hiding my identity, but you've revealed into the world now, Rich. So I appreciate <laughs> right. that. We probably should talk about this beforehand, but, uh, I'm sorry. I just wanted people to know. I mean, we were, we're nothing if not transparent on the show. So, it, it, uh, it can be told now. So yes, but um, I think from here on out, I'm still going to call you Jason and we're just going to go on like that never happened. Like we'll just go on and we'll just pretend that you were never Rashad McCants in the, of the big three, number one draft pick of the big three former timberwolf as well we'll just forget from this point forward that it ever happened and go on being just let you be jason again which is i think your most comfortable uh persona so i i, I think that's fair rich i think that's a good okay uh, i think it's a good point <laughs> thanks it. for giving me that out you know so. i apologize you know i thought it, it, you know at some point we had to do it so at it, some it's, point you know, i guess yeah i guess it, it, it can be told i am Rashad if now if, if now when I, I mean if not now then when well, that's a good question i guess you, you <laughs> right. know this is perfect time. We're going to talk about the uh, big three players in each uh, franchise's history. So uh, why not do it now? It seems like it's a good time. <laughs> have, so, you, have you had a chance to watch any big three yet or no? Uh, I have not. Um, okay, so, well. yeah, I, I feel like a, a traitor to the cause a little bit. But yeah, I, you know, as you know, I have been going through this uh, software development uh, boot camp uh, crazy thing that is uh, taking up basically all my time. So I have not had a chance to delve into the uh, big three like I would like. But, you know, perhaps... Uh, uh, hopefully the league has enough longevity that I can uh, be able to watch it. Uh, <laughs> be able to watch it next year. So we'll see how it goes. I guess. But our hypothetical big three that we're going to uh, propose here in a minute uh, over the next or, or the next few minutes, I think uh, I think is going to be a far better league than the uh, the current big three. Not that I don't mind. I like this current big three, but it, it, it's sort of after you've seen one game, it's kind of like ah, all right, like it, the, the, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. I still am enjoying it. I enjoy the nostalgia purposes of it. I enjoy seeing some of the old players or whatever. But yeah, I think uh, I, I think all in all, it's fun. Uh, people that are trying to get make more out of it than it is, I, I don't think it's necessarily it really needs to be like examined all that much. I mean, it's it's fun. It, it is what it is but yeah it, it, it's I, I this big three this hypothetical big three that we're going to come up with uh this new league i think is going to work out a little bit better i like that i like the talent level in our big three more than the uh the other big three yeah i would say that ours maybe slightly uh, better than uh <laughs> the, than the big three it has, yeah, it's the you know, talent pool they're working with it's understandable but and, and certainly left less catino mobley i think on in in our uh, big yeah three. I, you know i mean we consider catino you know i don't know who would catino be uh closest to in terms of big three um clippers Magic. Well, the Rockets, I'd imagine. Oh, the Rockets, yeah. yeah. I guess he, well, yeah. Um, but I think he might be further down the list. And there were more good Rockets than there have been good Clippers. So I see I what you're saying. Yes. He, oh, yeah. okay. I, I see. By your, by, yeah, by, by that definition. Maybe the Magic? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We'll get to them. The Magic don't have a very storied past of guys that yeah. kind of hung around for a while. Sure, so. sure. Yeah, they Clippers at the Braves here. So, and the recent <laughs> CP3 success. So, yeah. Um, magic, that's good runs. But, yes. Um, so, anyway, yes. So, our rule is uh, player can only be used once. So, so they, uh, so Shaquille O'Neal could not be in the big three for the Lakers and Magic. Let's say you know, so every player has to go once, which I think makes this a interesting exercise because you know there's certainly some you know argue arguable um, choices out there depending on who you want to get in and how you want to get them in. So we'll we'll have a nice little uh, fun debate to uh, have here. 
Yeah, I think that that absolutely changes the whole dynamic of it because then if if you can use guys all the time, then yeah, it's like you know, Creole Jabbar, I could put them on the you know the Lakers and the the Bucks or whatever. But yeah, it's it's a lot more difficult if you can only put them in one place. Like a guy like a Shiel, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, I mean, he could arguably be you know in two different ones. Very and and really, if you really want to make an argument, we'll talk about it in a little bit. Miami, you could almost make a case for him, you know, on three different teams or whatever. But in this case, you can only put him for one. So I think then it makes it a little bit more interesting because yeah, it would have been. I think if we just let everybody go at every, it, it would have been a lot easier than if we had kind of let this open and and there's a few teams that we're going to go through a little bit where it's like man that's really tough and we uh, in some cases when I chose my victory I plucked a guy that would probably should have gone with franchise X or whatever and put him to franchise Y just because franchise Y did not have enough people or people that I thought was worthy whereas you know franchise X maybe had other people but this guy that might be synonymous with franchise X then got moved to franchise Y so it was a fun exercise to do it that way where we can only use the player once I thought yeah so let's get to it uh, we'll start with the uh, the New York Knicks, and um, this is sort of random order. We're starting with the older franchises and moving toward the more recent franchises. So the Knicks get to be first. Uh, for, for sure, I think on the list, uh, Walt Frazier and Patrick Ewing. Uh, you know, there's not really, um, you know, obviously Frazier was the most important player during their uh, during their top years in the uh, '70s. Although there are some other very good players, Willis Reed included. Um, and uh, so on, but I, I think that you know, in terms of who was really dri- the driving force between their greatness, I think Frazier was the absolutely the key guy. Although you know, they they around a team, and then Patrick Ewing, um, you know, the has a lot of longevity records in the franchise history, most uh, win shares for a Nick, um, you know, leader of some teams that went to the finals and had some deep playoff runs, and probably their you know most famous period of success in terms of you know when fans were watching and all of that but um so i, I think those two the, the the third choice it makes it's a little bit tricky yeah i had a little trouble with it there was three guys that i are yeah probably about three guys that i thought that, that that were worthy contenders uh you have charles oakley i thought was a pretty interesting case that i never, i didn't initially think of charles oakley but then when you kind of go through the numbers and look at a little bit it's like oh man and, and that's a guy who was there for a long time and and partially part of the identity of those 90 knicks uh, a lot of ways you know ewing was, was was the top guy but the identity a lot of times came from a guy like a charles oakley and he helped sort of define that team and their style and that sort of stuff uh, as well uh, harry gallatin is another guy who i think you definitely have to consider um and then the last one that I did, and the one that I eventually did pick for my last of the the, the big three, is uh, Willis Reed. I thought uh, when you add in the numbers, the little bit of the history, uh, some other things like that, I just thought Willis Reed was then the best choice to kind of put on there. Uh, but it was a tough one. I thought uh, Oakley and Gallatin all had uh, reasonable cases here. But uh, yeah, I went Ewing, Frazier, and, and Willis Reed. Yeah, and Gallatin was the best player probably of those um, early '50s teams that went to three straight finals, and you didn't win a championship, but were very good. Uh, you know, he was an Iron Man of his day and was you know was an excellent player um and you know on this we're considering as we generally do on this show we're considering guys how they performed within their era so the fact that yeah a guy in the 50s couldn't really play today that's we're not taking that into account here we're just saying okay harry gallatin was great in the 50s and maybe better than you know willis reed was in the 70s so maybe that that's that would be the argument we would make but i wouldn't make that argument reed was an mvp uh obviously you know um had a lot of great games you know won the uh led led them to uh, two championships along with Frazier. I think he comes in slightly ahead of Gallatin. The career marks, they're, they're actually fairly close, but I would give, um, I would give Reed slightly the edge. Oakley, uh, you know, it's an interesting case because he's more of a journeyman type player. I mean, he was really important guy, but he's not a guy who was, and he was never a franchise guy like Ewing or Frazier or, or Reed were, but he was there for so long. And y- you wonder at what point do you reward like the, just being the steady, you know, 
longevity type guy as opposed to a guy who maybe had a shorter impact but was you know um, but was a more significant player overall. So. Right. And one thing that's kind of interesting, and I guess we'll kind of talk about it here a little bit. In, in your mind, when you're building these teams, and, and I'm just kind of curious about what, what your thoughts were, uh, were you building them for like a team that was like well-rounded or were you just kind of going with, hey, these three guys are the best or represent the franchise the best? Or were you looking like, OK, well, we have two big men. Let's get a guard in there. Let's get, you know, a forward. We have two, you know, guards or whatever. Were you doing any of that or were you just thinking, OK, three, these guys there? Because we, we didn't talk about our teams yet. We haven't really discussed who I picked or you picked or whatever. Yeah, but we're doing this off the cuff here. So it makes it fun. Yeah, I... I would like to if possible have it be you know kind of some balance of a guard a forward and a big man but if that doesn't work out i'm i'm over i'm not you know not the end of the world i would say okay my approach for it so yeah, that's good, because I, I did the same. There was a few guys that were pretty close, and I was like, well, this guy's kind of a guard, and, you know, we have a bunch of big men, so we'll, we'll get to that. But no, that okay, I was just kind of curious on, on your thoughts for that. So there we go. We yeah. laid that out that we, we have both done that, too, so yes. we're good. Yes. So uh, next is the uh, Golden State Warriors. Uh, the, uh, the the two that I had there were, um, were Steph Curry and uh, Rick Barry, and I just think, obviously, Curry, you know, is the, uh, the linchpin behind their great success of uh, recent years and two MVPs. I, I think he's a no-brainer bringer at this point uh barry was uh you know led them to the 75 championship run was uh you know obviously an incredibly great versatile player did play for a lot of other teams which maybe knocks him down a little bit peg he's not even though he's best known for being part of the warriors he's not quite mr warrior in the same way um a lot of guys who i think have good cases to be on there uh will chamberlain would uh immediately stand out of course and would be would I would pick him for this team if there were not perhaps better cases um, outside of it. Um, Paul Arison, another star of the uh, 50s who uh, led them to the championship in 1956. Uh, Neil Johnson, another great center, another one of the top players in the 50s, and both of them ranked pretty highly all-time in win shares in franchise history. And then guys like uh, Chris Mullen and uh, Nate Thurmond. Uh, Mullen, of course, you know, being one of the celebrated players, member of the Dream Team as well. And uh, Nate Thurmond, who great player of the uh, 60s and 70s, who led them to the finals and was a guy who replaced Wilton, did a pretty good job of it, averaged uh, 17 rebounds and 17 uh, points uh, throughout his uh, career with the uh, Warriors. So a very uh, one of the top big men of his day, considered one of the best uh, defensive big men by a lot of the uh, players he played against, including Graham Dujabar. Yeah, this was a tough decision for me. Obviously, Curry and Barry were, were no-brainers. They had to go in there. But then the other ones were, were pretty tough. Chamberlain, I, I did not put him in because I thought he had better uses in other franchises, which we'll get to here in, uh, in a second. And then I was really kind of torn on that third guy. So I had Paul Arizon, who was all around probably a better player than the guy that I chose. But I thought, for whatever reason, it just seemed like it it, it seemed disingenuous not to have Nate Thurman here because he played in more games with the franchise. Uh, and he seems more synonymous with the franchise, I think, a little bit more than Paul Arizon. That's not to say, I mean, Paul Arizon was a fantastic player. He had 108 uh, Point eight win shares as a member of the Warriors. So from pure production standpoint, Paul Ayers should probably be that third. But for some reason, I just couldn't leave Nate Thurman out there. I mean, that's a guy who you know played a long time with the Warriors, was pretty much synonymous with the franchise for for a few decades, and then after uh, his playing career, also uh, kind of went into the front office of the Warriors, and I think was just there until you know just pretty recently, uh, still there. So yeah, he, he's a guy that I just for whatever reason production aside, I just couldn't do this team without Nate Thurman. I thought he had to be on there for this Warriors big three. Yeah, absolutely, and. And, um, yeah, I, this is a really tough one for me. Um, you know, you could even put Air, a case for Arizon over uh, Barry on the uh, team, mm-hmm. in ter- you know, in terms of he was in a, you know, the uh, the key player on that championship team, although Johnson was right there as well. Um, 
and um, had a little bit of long, longevity. He rep- brings in the Philadelphia years, which I don't know if there's any. Uh, I, I think it's an interesting era to have included. If, if, if you're kind of getting this in terms of like uh, filling out team history as best as possible, maybe you could consider Arizon um, over Barry. Or you could have Curry, Barry, and Arizon. It's probably what I would pick, even though there is there's no traditional big man, and we just kind of said that we would like a big man there. But I, I do think Arizon's case is a bit better than Thurman's, although it's absolutely very close. I think it's kind of a coin test either way, but I'll be a little different. I'll, I'll pick Arizon and Barry and Curry for uh, my team. I just hope for uh, some good outside shooting and uh, not, not worry <laughs> about rebounding. So <laughs> yeah, but no, and, that, and that's like I, I think there, there's justifications for at least four or five of those guys. So I think that that's a pretty fun team there, where where I think you could pretty much have a bunch of different scenarios that involve a Steph Curry and then after that really open it up a little bit. So it, it's a fun little franchise that we have there. Where where I don't think you're wrong with any answer that you have of of those you know four or five guys. Yeah. Um, so next, a, a storied franchise, of course, uh, most championships in the NBA, the Boston Celtics. And uh, I don't think we're going out on a limb with uh, Bill Russell and Larry Bird being uh, <laughs> hold on definitely on there. I know. I know. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Don't assume. But yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously, Russell, you know, we did a big series on him. 11 championships in 13 years. Changed the way defense was played in the league. You know, one of the premier players of all time. And Bird, uh, obviously, you know, transcended during his era. Um, you know, one of the great short list of great forwards of all time you know both of them are I, I would say probable top 10 players um of all time so that they would definitely belong on this list and then there's a lot of guys who are possibilities on this list who would you know almost be definites for sure on other franchises but because the Celtics have had so much success they're uh you know it, it's hard to say I, I think the best cases go to uh, Paul Pierce uh, John Havlicek, uh, and, and then I, I think those are the, the, really the two strongest cases and some other cases you could definitely make. Robert Parrish, Kevin McHale, uh, Sam Jones, uh, the, who had 10 championships during the Celtics dynasty. Uh, Bob Cousy was the great point guard of his era, and uh, Dave Cowens, who helped, you know, along with Havlicek, keep the, you know, that 70s team afloat that won two championships. So it's really, um, you know, and you're not even talking about somebody who, you know, like Kevin Garnett, obviously, you know, even though he didn't play in Boston for that long, obviously was each transcendent for what they did for that franchise. Yeah, this was a tough choice for me, but I, I kind of I went with Paul Pierce. I mean, it seems kind of wild that he would be as 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 well revered as he is. But if you look at the numbers too, I mean, he stacks up number wise as well. Uh, third most win shares, one hundred thirty eight point four. Uh, third in games behind Havlicek and Parrish. Obviously, you have the title there in the in the two thousands. But uh, yeah, it, it, it seems kind of weird. But I went Russell Bird and Pierce. It just seemed to work a little bit best. Uh, but this is one where I think you could honestly make a case for for thousands of scenarios for these three. I mean, obviously you have to add Russell, you have to add Bird. But yeah, you can make a case. I think for Pierce. Havlicek, Parrish, McHale, uh, even to a lesser extent, like you said, Jones, Cousy, Cowens, and and like Garnett. But uh, I went with uh, Paul Pierce. I went with Russell Bird and Paul Pierce. I just thought it was uh, – I was kind of shocked at how uh, how up there Paul Pierce was in a lot of the stats. I thought he would be behind some guys, but he's really not. So Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really tough. I mean, I, I think you have a check um, and Pierce have very similar longevity, very similar in terms of numbers, very similar in terms of impact. Um, I have a feeling Havlicek was a bit of a better player in his day than Pierce was in his day, but that's fairly close, you know, in my mind. Um, they really stack up. I, I, I guess the, the nice thing about Pierce is that you get the modern era, you get the uh, recent Celtics with him and with Havlicek. There's some overlap, obviously, with uh, Russell. So um, I'd probably go with Pierce too, but you definitely could go along. I think. I think it's interesting that um, Robert Parrish actually uh, played more games as a um, as a Celtic than uh, Paul Pierce did, which is which is pretty amazing. Uh, <laughs> right, considering only like four more games, but yes. 
They're right. Because you know, that guy, like one guy played his you know, entire, I mean, for the most part, I mean, obviously you have the, the, the recent <laughs> Paul Pierce, but you would pretty much put him. But Parrish, you know, had a, a pretty good run with the Warriors, had a pretty, you know, small but brief run with uh, the Bulls and a brief run with the, the Hornets, too, and a few other, I think he was in uh, one or two other, I, was it one other team after that, or did I name all of them there? But either way, yeah, it's yeah. just like, he just played forever, so it's just like you kind of forget that, dear, like, Jesus, like Robert Parrish just played forever, played every game. I mean, that was a guy who was year in and year out, always reliable, too. So, yeah, it was kind of fun to, uh, interesting, I think, to see him as, as fly up uh, as he was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, next is the uh, Sacramento Kings, also formerly the uh, the Kansas City uh, Kings, also formerly the uh, Cincinnati Royals, and formerly the Rochester <laughs> Royals. Um also had a little sit in Omaha there in the Kansas City days. So uh, I, I'm one of the long, longest standing franchises of all time. Also um, have not had a lot of success since their initial days in uh, Rochester in terms of, uh, you know, um, sustained success. Obviously with the the early 2000s in Sacramento being sort of the exception to that. And obviously that part has to be represented. Um, there's the 50s years they won the championship 51, which you would think that would be represented. And of course, you've Oscar Robertson, who's clearly the greatest player in a franchise history, who is, you know, the only no brainer for me, absolutely for sure. Um, if you're looking at the, you know, more recent Sacramento days, you have Chris Weber and uh, Peja Sojakovic, who, you know, I think Weber's considered the uh, better player overall, but you look at the numbers, and I think it's closer than a lot of people would think. There's Mitch Richmond, who was, you know, there for the, he was their great player of the 90s, even if they didn't have much of the team success. And there's guys who, you know, were incredible for a while. Tiny Archibald, obviously, in the 70s, but he didn't play with the Kings for that super long. Uh, Bob Davies, who was probably the best player in their 50s teams that won the championship, a great ball handler, much like Akuzi in his day. Uh, Jerry Lucas, who's uh, you know all time great, who spent a lot of his time with the uh, with the Royals, uh, and then a guy like Jack Twyman, who was uh, you know was Oscar Robertson's running mate and had incredible longevity. Probably not going to make this list, but certainly was uh, mm-hmm. worthy of a consideration at least. Absolutely, yeah. This was really tough for me. I, I went, I've, of course, I went Oscar Robertson. He was a no brainer to put on here. Uh, the other two were very difficult. I went with Chris Weber and Peja Stoyakovich, but I did not feel good about it at all. Uh, Weber isn't as much of a slam dunk as you kind of think when you look at his numbers and you think, oh, Sacramento Kings, you know, Chris Weber or whatever. That's when he rose to prominence. But like, yeah, you realize that it wasn't all that long. That you realize there were some injuries uh, towards the end, and you realize production wise, like it, it wasn't as blow away as you thought. Even though he was a key part of them kind of rising to prominence. Still though, that's why I kind of picked him because of the prominence that they sort of rose to in the 2000s because Chris Weber was probably the central figure of them sort of emerging from the muck and then becoming, you know, basketball returning to Sacramento in a lot of ways and then becoming, you know, a charter franchise there for a few years. So I put Weber in there uh, and Paige I put there as well because not necessarily because he was one of the key parts of those uh, 2000 teams, which he absolutely was, but more that he his numbers were just, uh, I, I was shocked at how great Paige's numbers were all time in terms of Kings uh, franchise. I mean, he has arguably better credentials than Weber uh, when you look at the numbers, you know, next to each other so yeah I, I didn't feel good about either of those and I feel like you can make a better case for for guys like an Archibald or even a Bob Davies or whatever but I think it speaks a little bit more to the franchise that it's really hard to come up with like a number two and even more difficult to come up with number three uh, for that but uh, before you give your top three though an aside that I thought was pretty unbelievable uh, would you believe me if I told you that Jason Thompson is top 10 in all times games uh, all time games played with the Kings I saw uh, that and I, would believe you, like, but I don't know how wow. I'd be about it yeah 
Yeah, I was like, well, God, really? <laughs> like, that's that's amazing. I mean, he's, he, he was there forever, but it's like, yeah, he never did anything. <laughs> like, it's just that that was not a name that I expected to see pop up there. But uh, there you go. So Jason Thompson, top 10 all time in games for the Kings. So. Yeah. Sam Lacey, number one, by the way, for uh, those who are uh, curious. <laughs> um, Oscar has the most minutes in uh, franchise history by a uh, reasonably significant amount. But yeah, um, so that's, that's a tough one for me. I mean, I'm definitely going with Oscar at uh, number one. Um, I, I do think that I, I think it's important to recognize the championship team and the, the Rochester team. And, uh, and and Davies was a really good player during his day. You know, like Bobby Wanzer was really good on that on that team, too. But I think Davies was slightly the numbers are close, but I think Davies is probably the better player of. So I would I would put him on there. The, that one tricky part of that is there's two point guards there, but you just have to kind of live with that. And then I would probably go with Weber as the uh, third uh, player. Um, I agree with you on the case for Stoyakovich, and some of those numbers are really impressive, but Weber probably, um, I, you know, I, I would still probably place him slightly ahead in my in my pecking order there and would and would give him there and definitely feel like the need to represent that Sacramento team, obviously, you know, being the, the team that I think people uh, best know as, um, you know, for their success, you know, especially sure. in Sacramento. So next is the Los Angeles Lakers, and another team, of course, with a with a storied history that I know annoys you uh, to no end. Um, and um, uh, you know, this is a really weird. Um, obviously, there's so many all time greats on the same. I'm not going to pick my for sure yet because I, I we'll get there. But the, the guys who I think would be definite strong candidates for this list: Magic Johnson, George Mikan. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who, of course, also could be selected for the Bucks, which is going to give us an out there. Uh, Jerry West, Kobe Bryant, Elgin Baylor, and Shaquille O'Neal, who could be picked for the uh, Magic or the Heat. And there's a bunch of guys on this list, you know, who aren't on this list, who for most other franchises would definitely definitely be a top three candidate. But the the Lakers have so much that it's really hard to um, it's really hard to count them out. Yeah, the Lakers, they pluck everybody. So it's like hard because there's a lot of guys, uh, that, you know, built legacies with other teams that then came over, like, a, you know, Shaquille O'Neal and a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, then you have guys that did build their legacy through the Lakers or whatever, like your Jerry West, Kobe Bryant, Elgin Baylors. And it's like this weird potential of, okay, well, who do I put in there? I mean, Mikan's a guy that's got to go in there. Magic feels like he's got to go in there. And now you're really left with like, geez, there's like a lot of guys here. This is not easy for me. I put Magic, Mikan, and Kobe. Uh, as far as Kareem, I'm saving him for the Bucks. I think he, uh, the Bucks are going to need him a little bit more than the Lakers are going to need him for this. Uh, uh, but Jerry West versus Kobe was one that I really struggled with. I, I, I deleted it. I had West, then I had Kobe, then I had West, then I had Kobe, and then finally I just said Kobe and then decided to scroll away because I was probably going to spend hours debating if I should put Kobe or West on my hypothetical big three team for the Overback Podcast. And I realized that's maybe not the best use of time, uh, but I still don't know. And I still, I just said Kobe, but now I'm going to put it as West, but then I'm going to put it as Kobe. I don't know. You have to just go because no, I'm going to change that too much. That's too hard. Kobe and West is, is, is a lot more difficult than people think, even numbers wise, uh, a lot more difficult than you'd think. Yeah, they're really close in numbers. Um, you know, Kobe played for a lot longer, you know, in his career, the, the longevity, which, you know, obviously adds to it. He had more team success, you know, winning five championships. West only won one championship. Um, so I think either one is uh, defensible. It, it's really close. Um, I agree with you on Magic and Mikan. I mean, I, I think Magic was the, uh, you know, is the great transcendent point guard, you, the best point guard of all time, and so definitely deserves to be on this list. I mean, they won five championships, nine finals with him. Mikan um you know was absolutely the dominant player of his day and 
yeah, the, the, the obviously the Lakers have had other great big men, but you know, if if we couldn't put Kareem on the books, I would probably pick Kareem. Actually, I would definitely pick Kareem, but we can put him on the books, so I'm gonna pick um, Mike in. And then, yeah, I, I really like we even talked about Elgin Baylor at all, but Elgin Baylor was an incredible, incredible, sure. oh, one yeah, of the yeah. greats of all time, and, and really should be on uh, the list. Um, but I do think it's slightly behind West and Kobe, and I, I'm gonna go with Kobe as well. But like, I, I'm the exact same position as you, is I could go either way. I just think the longevity is there and the team success being a bit greater. Um, and I think they were close to West may have been a slightly better player than Kobe was compared to, you know, um, average, let's say it was a better player in his day than Kobe was in his day, but obviously Kobe was a great player in his day. So, and just because there were some people who I, I feel like, um, you tried to shout from the heavens that he was the greatest thing ever, and maybe he wasn't that great, but he was still tremendous. So I, I, I'm sure I would keep him on there for I. I but again, it's uh, definitely a toss up. Yeah, it's a tough one. So next is the Detroit Pistons, formerly Fort Wayne, and um, yeah, there's a lot of really good players in their history. They had a lot of years of the 60s and 70s where they did not have much success really until the late 80s, but um, there's been a lot of uh, very good players and also their you know, 2000s run, but the, the key players, I, I think the only guy who I think is... Um, would be a definite for most people, and I would say he's a definite for me, is Isaiah Thomas. There's a lot of debate about how effective he actually was as a player because his um, numbers are not, you know, particularly that great, even if you kind of compare errors a little bit. I mean, even the, you know, he's hurt obviously by the lack of, you know, being able to shoot three-pointers compared to guards today or, you know, being that, that being a significant part of the game. But even compared to point guards of his era, he doesn't, isn't that strong statistically. But I do think the other stuff, um, I think it matters, and I think he was a leader of those teams. And they had a lot of good players, but I think he was really important to that. Uh, and then you got really like a almost uh, like eight guys who you, you could make some cases for. Uh, ben Wallace from the more recent championship teams. Bill Lambeer was a great uh, partner for Isaiah Thomas. Bob Lanier, you know, the maybe individually the best player in the uh, franchise history, even though he did not play um, – uh, his teams are not particularly good. Uh, Chauncey Billups, uh, you know, finals MVP, all that good stuff. Uh, Dave Bing, you know, great shooting guard of his uh, time. Joe Dumars, MVP of the finals as well. Uh, Grant Hill, you know, only played there about five or six years, but was really elite player during that time. And then uh, Larry Faust and George Yardley from their uh, 50s days in which they were able to, you know, Yardley was a great score of his day. Faust was a strong big man. And, you know, they had a couple teams that went to the finals in the uh, mid-50s behind those guys. So I, I, those guys, I'm they, that, that team, didn't really accomplish a lot so those guys i'm probably not going to stick on there but i think there's um i think they're worth at least mentioning yeah uh my three i, I went with isaiah i thought he was pretty much a no-brainer as well uh, i put joe dumars in there most games played with the pistons uh he's a guy that's synonymous with the team uh you know for better or for worse in some ways for recent history for uh joe dumars uh, and then i put chauncey billups on there because he's arguably the best player of all time when you look at the statistics so i thought billups had to be in there but yeah, it was really tough because there were a lot of guys that have legit cases and i think this is one that that really almost all three i think could be debated because I, I think isaiah is one that you got to put in there but if someone wanted to say hey i'm gonna put in you know bill Lambier, bob lanier and and Chauncey Billups, like, I'd, I'd be fine with that. I mean, there's a lot of different combos with the Pistons I think you can do and people would be okay with, really. Yeah. Um, I like, I would definitely go with Isaiah. I, I think I'm going to go with Ben Wallace as well. I just think that um, the way that he was able to uh, help, you know, have, have them be great defensively, I, I, I think that uh, – I think he was kind of the linchpin for those uh, teams. Um 
defensively. Uh, so I, I would, and he was four-time defensive player of the year, you know, one of the great uh, rebounders of, you know, a uh, great rebounder as well. You know, didn't score much, but did everything else. I think he's worthy of uh, being on there. Um, and then uh, it's tough. I would probably go with Bob Lanier. I think just he was so individually brilliant uh, during his time and, you know, was one of the great uh, players of all time. Probably just you know, the most accomplished Piston in terms of just, you know, looking at, you know, numbers and production and all that. I mean, uh, 22.7 points per game, 11.8 rebounds, you know, one of the great big men of his time. And there are a lot of great big men during that time. So I would put him um, as third that you run into, of course, the Lanier and um, you run into both Lanier and Ben Wallace being big men. But, uh, you know, you, you can probably, depending on the rules, you can figure it out. So next we have the Philadelphia 76ers, also formerly the Syracuse Nationals, which become important in a moment. Uh, a lot of candidates here that are um, worthy. This is going to be a really tough one because of – we'll get into some factors in a moment, but we'll go through some of the candidates. Um, the only guy that I think is for sure who is um, – and it was not – we play, barely, barely played in Philadelphia, but it was uh, the Nationals' uh, all-time player was Dolph Shays. Um, led them to a, a championship and was one of the it was really one of the two or three best player of the uh, 50s uh, during his time just you know a really innovative uh, player really innovative forward and uh, definitely belongs to be on there in terms of longevity and production all of that um you would obviously normally think i think the first guy we think of when we think of 76ers is probably julius irving but fortunately we can put him on the nets if we want to so we're gonna table that and see if maybe he belongs on the nets he obviously played a lot more in philly it's a little weird not to have him on there but he did win two championships uh with the nets you probably his greatest days were in the aba so i think there's a decent chance for that um and then a bunch of other guys. And the Nets really need him. I mean, the Nets you're going to see are really going to need yeah. Dr. J on the court because they're 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 going to struggle. Yeah, that's a good point as well. So, and there's a lot of <laughs> other great players. Uh, Charles Barkley, who you could also make a case with for the Suns, didn't have a lot of team success in Philly, especially after you know uh, after Doc and those guys left, but uh, was incredibly productive there. Um, I think he was second in MVP one year. Um, but one is MVP with the Suns and probably had more team success there. Uh, someone like Hal Greer, who was, uh, you know, a, a great uh, player, one of the keys for their um, uh, 1967 championship team and was, you know, one of the great guards of his days. Uh, Allen Iverson, of course, uh, you know, in the 2000s, uh, led them to a finals, won an MVP. Uh, well, Chamberlain, who, you know, was their most important player for a championship and was, you know, was in. Uh, built himself from just an incredible score to being, you know, an incredible passer and playmaker and doing a bunch of other things for and defender for the uh, si- uh, the Sixers and was one of the greats of um, all time, obviously. Uh, and then a couple guys like uh, Billy Cunningham, who was uh, had a long run with their another part of the '67 team, and then Moses Malone, who didn't play there all that long, but um, obviously was uh, MVP for their championship team in '83. Um, also, you could make a case for him on the Rockets as well. So. Um, it's a really yeah, like you you pointed out in your notes. It's so many of the guys also did big things on other franchises that it makes it really hard to. Uh, it really makes it really hard to pick. Yeah, it was. Uh, I had a hell of a time with this. I I, I chose Dolph Shays. I thought he was the most clear one because doesn't really have any other relation to any other franchises. Otherwise, man, I don't know. Like Wilt Chamberlain, just I I think that's the guy I'm picking, and then I'm picking Hal Greer. So I think my my it's Shays, Wilt, and Hal Greer. But I just didn't really like it all that much. I don't know. It's just it's really weird this franchise because yeah, a guy like a Barkley seems a good case, but I kind of liked him more uh, for the Suns. Allen Iverson seems like a, a guy that should definitely be on there, but I wonder if uh, longevity kind of plays a factor in there. Moses Malone probably. Has 
has a better case on the Rockets or whatever. So I don't know. I put I put Shays Wilton Greer, but uh, that, it is very interesting that that the 76ers. It's a it's not. For, I didn't realize that franchise had such an odd relationship with you know its stars or its top players. Yeah, and like most of those guys played there for like a good long time, and it just like yeah, they for whatever reason a lot of them just had success elsewhere, enough success elsewhere where you could. And be like, oh, okay, well, you you could put him on another team, and that might make it work better. But um, yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm, I'm gonna go with Wilt uh, as the other choice since we didn't pick him for the Warriors, and obviously he belongs there. And then I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Iverson just to have a more recent player. He won an MVP. I mean, Greer was fantastic and had better longevity, but Iverson at his peak was probably the stronger player, at least certainly the. Um, you know, the more, um, maybe more impactful player, although, you know, I'm not trying to undersell Greer there at all. He was really great too, but I would probably go with Iverson as the third guy. It makes a more interesting team perhaps. So, um, Greer was a great player, but was more, was a little bit, uh, less flashy than, uh, than Iverson obviously was. So. Yeah, it's interesting. Weird, weird 76ers. Yeah, weird 76ers, <laughs> yeah. yes. For a team that's had, like, you know, some really yeah, good right. team success, and really, you know, has, <laughs> has some so really odd, strong yeah. errors. Yeah, it's, it's an odd, uh, thing to pick so um next is the atlanta hawks who also played in uh, st louis of course and uh i think there are two really clear-cut cases for guys who should be on this team and then i have almost no idea for the third uh guy uh the two who definitely should be on there are uh, bob pettit who uh, former mvp uh, led them to uh to three finals in, or I'm sorry, four finals in five years, including one championship in '58, and then Dominique Wilkins, of course, their you know great uh, scoring champion and uh, you know incredible player in the uh, '80s and early uh, '90s, and led them to their uh, gr- greatest success in Atlanta and at uh, least sustained success in Atlanta. And um, but after that, man, it is a little bit uh, tricky. Um, you have uh, you got Cliff Hagen, who was Pettit's running mate in the fifties. You have Lou Hudson, who was a great scoring star in the seventies. You have Al Horford, who was the, the best player on their recent decade of uh, you know playoff success, and you know was part of that sixty win team that was that was obviously fantastic. And uh, you know somebody like Pete Maravich, who didn't necessarily have a lot of success there, but was a famous player, an incredible scorer, and uh, although he has a case for the Jazz as well, someone like John Drew, who we've talked about previously, is kind of an underrated like all you know really. If you you know, while he was a great player, he was absolutely a franchise scorer and and did a lot of different things. And then uh, Dikembe Mutombo, who wasn't there for very long, but was you know really impactful defensive player and their their real only major you know free agent they've ever signed. He was actually a franchise star and um, you know led them to some pretty good success in the late '90s. So I don't know. It, it's really it's kind of hard to say. Yeah, this one was uh, yeah. After Pettit and Dominique, I mean, those are no doubters. That's that's no question. I think any, I don't think anyone's gonna argue with that. After that, yeah, it's it's kind of tricky here. I I was I kind of had a tie with Cliff Hagen and Lou Hudson, and I thought for the purposes of hey, let's get a little bit more of a well-rounded team, I was gonna put Lou Hudson in there. I mean, Hagen, I think the size-wise, they're not all that much different, but obviously Hagen played in a different era where you know his size was <laughs> played a little bigger than it uh, it did for uh, when, when Lou Hudson was in. So yeah, I, I I chose Lou Hudson, but I think you could make a case for either Hagen or Lou Hudson as that three. Uh, the rest of the guys, I. I don't know. I just nobody else really seemed to fit for me. Al Horford didn't seem like he had quite enough. To Kevin Matumbo seemed like a, a decent pick, but I mean he has a case probably in, in Denver uh, more so than Atlanta. And then yeah, Pete Maravich I think a little bit more for Utah than Atlanta. But then like I, I don't know. It was kind of interesting. But I went I went Pettit, Neek, and uh, Lou Hudson. But I think I can make an easy case for for Hagen in there as well. Yeah, I'm actually going to go with Al Horford. Um, this is some bias coming in because Horford's a player who I've you know watched a lot as a Hawks fan and uh, feel kinship toward, but you know, really good, uh, you know, offensive and defensive player. I think he uh, meld well with Pettit and uh, Wilkins. 
Uh, yeah, he's not quite as great of an all-time player as uh, Hagen or Hudson were, but I, I do think that uh, in terms of complimentary would go, I, I think he would. I, I think he'd. Be, I think he's done enough in their championships, and I think they, you know, the success that they've had, you know, no no championships obviously, but they have had some pretty strong sustained you know, playoff success, at least you know, second round type uh, conference finals playoff runs. I think that I would give it to him, but yeah, it's really a toss up between any of those guys. To be honest, it's really close. Mm. Yeah. yeah, after Pettit and Nick, yeah, they, they can just go two on three. They, they're fine. They, yeah, I think they can go. handle. I think they can handle yeah. it on their own. So yeah, yeah, Matumbo would be great defensively too. Um, obviously, as a, I mean, that, that would be a really good role for him. And he, I, he's an all time great, but lacks like a really like even his Denver run was like maybe like a year or two longer than it was in Atlanta. So it wasn't really that much longer. Um, so I, I could see you making the case for Matumbo as well. But mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it. Either way, so we'll uh, we'll we'll see how it goes. We'll see how two and three works, and if they need to add a third guy after that, maybe they can you know, <laughs> find somebody. So, uh, next is the uh, the Washington Wizards foreign bullets, obviously, um, and uh, for sure for them, I I think it's unselled and uh, and Hayes, they're two great stars of the seventy West unselled, having been a former MVP, great uh, defender and rebounder, and famous for his outlet passes, and Hayes being a. Uh, uh, a great scoring star and um you know one of one of the great big men of his era one of the great power forwards with that turnaround jump shot and all that uh stuff so those were the key linchpins for their great success in the late 70s where they won a championship and went to four finals in uh six years i believe or, or seven years so um so some really good um uh, you know, a lot of success there. Definitely the best success that that franchise has had since the early '60s when they were an expansion team in Chicago. So um, I would I would go with them. And then the third star. There's you know there's a few really good choices. Uh, Gilbert Arenas obviously um, who uh, brought them kind of back to relevance in the 2000s. Uh, what John Wall is doing right now, leading them to a conference finals. And um, you know I think the only thing against Wall right now is maybe he doesn't have you know he, he's still you know, pretty young into his career. Although he's already played you know 4,000 more minutes. Than Arenas did for the uh, for the bullets, so um, you can make a case there. And then someone like Roman Rowe, who was just a fantastic uh, player, but didn't play there for very long, or Walt Bellamy, who was um, is really up higher than I would have expected in some of the. Uh, the um you know total team totals like win shares he's third overall in win shares which surprises me given that you know he's um he play, he kind of bounced around quite a bit i didn't think he was with the franchise for that long yeah it's actually uh, Walt Bellamy was the one i chose here it was kind of a surprise i did not expect that i was going to uh, end up with him but uh, yeah he seemed to have um really good numbers in in those handful of seasons that he was there and i i kind of did i it was took me a complete surprise because i thought i was coming in probably going to choose arenas uh, looking at arenas's career it didn't really jump off the page as much as i thought it would have um he obviously i think he's synonymous with the wizards more so than any other franchise obviously it's not the magic or you know the the warriors or whatever he's synonymous with the wizards and, and was a big part of them you know as a franchise kind of getting resurrected there in the 2000s but yeah i thought uh bellamy just jumped off the page so i went unselled uh hayes and uh, bellamy and this one seems weird because i mean john wall is a guy that like I want to pick and it's like if I in another year it would be obvious to choose John Wall but he's not just he's not quite there yet so uh he wasn't right in there but yeah it seemed kind of weird not to put Earl Monroe in there but so I I was conflicted there in the Bellamy Monroe uh thing but I I, when it was all said I went unsold Hayes and uh, Walt Bellamy yeah, I'm gonna go with Wall, but it's really close. Um, or Arenas. I, I, even though Bellamy has the numbers, I, I just feel like they, um, the 
the Bullets weren't really in when he was in Chicago. That team wasn't really, really particularly relevant back then. So, um, and also you're getting three big men on one team, and I think this is kind of one where I think it would be good to get a, gu- a guard to balance it out. <laughs> sure. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I think Arenas or Wall. I think Wall's done enough to be on there. But if you chose Arenas, I think that's perfectly valid as well. Phil Chenier is another guy who was pretty strong, but, uh, you know, injuries kind of cost him uh, a lot of his career. But he's a guy who's sort of up there with Arenas and Wall in terms of what they've accomplished in uh, Washington history, uh, in Bullets or uh, Wizards history. But um, I would probably go with Wall given what the team success they've had is better than any of the team success they had with Arenas, you know, uh, leading the team. Yeah, I think that's, that's definitely fair. Yeah, thanks. Uh, so next, uh, Chicago Bulls. Um, not a hard top two for us, uh, Michael Jordan and uh, Scotty Pippen. <laughs> I, I know you're going to argue about that vociferously, you know. Uh, of course, yeah, no, yeah. The Jordan guy, I don't know. Uh, you know. Look at the history. I think he did. He did more for the Wizards, and the Wizards are going to need him later. I don't know. We just went over the Wizards. Damn it! There goes my joke. Oh, I just yeah, forgot. There you go. Oh, all right, forget well, it. Continue on. Never right, run. Never run. Right. Go. <laughs> Michael Jordan, Scotty Pippen. <laughs> and. The third star, a lot of interesting choices there. I mean, you have someone like Derrick Rose who won an MVP and was a franchise star for a very short period of time, but obviously injuries caught up with him and there's other uh, issues with, uh, you know, that kind of knock him down a little bit. Um, Also, someone like Jimmy Butler who just got traded away from the Bulls. I think if Jimmy Butler had stayed longer with the Bulls, he's a guy I would be leaning toward, but now that he's with the Timberwolves, obviously he won't be contributing to Bulls history. Uh, Chet Walker, who was probably the best player of that early 70s team, they had a really well-rounded team, so there's some good guys there like Bob Love and Sloan, but I think Chet Walker is kind of a step above the rest of those guys. Um, Artis Gilmore, who uh, had a very good run in the late 70s in terms of numbers and production, but... um, you know, not as much as uh, not as much impact as he definitely as he had you know, with the Colonels in the ABA. Well, we're going to get to uh, how we're going to deal with the uh, ABA in just a little bit. But um, and then someone like Horace Grant or Dennis Rodman, who of course was part of the, you know the uh, was the third best player during those uh, separate Bulls three peat championship runs. I think could be on there as well. Yeah, I had a little real tough time coming up with the three. I, I think there's a few cases that you can make. Like if, if if it's a legit game being played, a guy like a Dennis Rodman or a, even like a Joe Kim Noah would be a perfect fit for you know Jordan and Pippen. Obviously, Rodman would be a very good fit because uh, we saw that in, in practice and it worked quite well. But yeah, a guy like one of those two dudes I think would be. But if we're talking about legacy. Chet Walker's one that definitely has to go up there. Derrick Rose is an interesting case, too. I think you can really, if you look at, at the totality of his, you know, Bulls career, yeah, it didn't end great. And yeah, there was some, uh, bumps along the way. But yeah, when you really look at, it, I mean, he was just a prolific player for quite a few years. Uh, and then Artis Gilmore is another interesting case, too. As you mentioned, just a, a prolific run with the team, a big part of them, uh, you know, in, in the seventies and eighties, you know, whether, <laughs> whether the success followed them much in the eighties or, you know, it did kind of come in the late seventies. But yeah, um, I was really conflicted here. I ended up going with Chet Walker, though. I went Jordan Pippen and Chet Walker. I thought, that just kind of fits pretty well. But yeah, if we were playing like a legit, like actual, you needed guys for a three on three game or whatever, I would have picked a guy like a Dennis Rodman or even like a Joe Kim Noah. Maybe, uh, it probably Noah actually, if you need one of those, uh, if you want a blend of, of a guy that was there for quite a few years and kind of fits, but that didn't feel right, quite right. So I went with uh, Chet Walker here. Yeah, I, I would lean toward Walker as well. I, I think it's nice to represent that early 70s team, which had a lot of good players and had a lot of success, uh, just kind of played in the wrong era. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you I mean, Noah, I think actually has a decent case as well. Um, but I don't, I don't think he was quite as impactful as a player as Walker was at his peak, although he was very good. You know, he was like, I had that year where he was like fifth in MVP or something. And maybe that overstated his impact, but he definitely was, you know, a real unique, interesting player who had a lot of cool skills and, 
you know, it was an important part of their franchise history. It's really interesting. Derek Rose is 22nd in Bulls history in win shares. He is 31.4. The guy above him is Steve Kerr with 31.5. Now, win shares is not like the end-all, be-all set or anything like that, but that's a really interesting. Um, obviously, you think very different things about Steve Kerr's uh, contributions to the Bulls versus Derek Rose's contributions, but it's really interesting to see the uh, comparison. And Rose has like 6,000 or like 5,500 more minutes than Kerr did uh, during that time. Now, obviously, the Bulls were more, you know, they were breaking win records for that, so that helps uh, raise Kerr's win share because his team was more successful but but still I, I, it's just you know i don't know what it says but it's interesting yeah it is definitely for sure yes uh so yeah i i, I picked chet walker so we'll, we'll go with that so okay yep so um, we agree on chet walker yay yeah yeah go chet. <laughs> so um next is the sonics not the thunder we decided to keep take the thunder and, and have them be separate since they're considered you know separate histories uh, i think by most people so we decided to go with that um so yeah, there's another ta- t- another case where there's one clear player, I think, was, which is Gary Payton, and then after that, it's it becomes a little more difficult. Though you didn't seem to have much of, as hard of a time with it, um, but I think the the key guys, uh, Jack Sigma, who you know was part of that championship run, Sean Kemp, who had some great longevity in the '90s, part of their um, most remembered teams along with Payton, uh, Gus Williams, who was you know one of the great point guards of his time and uh, helped key them to a championship, uh, Ray Allen, who you know they didn't have a lot of team success, but was a great player for his time and then uh dennis johnson who you know definitely did not have a lot lot of longevity there in seattle but was really you know was one of the great players individually in history and you know combined with gus williams to you know to to lead that great team success so um i i i I don't know i I forgot about fred brown who was you know one of the uh has some of the longevity of you know downtown Fred brown you know great outside shooter for his day and uh one of the has a lot of the longevity records for uh team history at least until gary payton came along so um yeah it it's a little bit tough for me uh but i mean obviously payton for sure and then a couple others i think you could you know pick through those guys yeah, that was pretty easy. I thought uh, Gary Payton, Jack Sigma, and Sean Kemp, I thought, were, were just kind of jumped off the page of me. Some cases to be made for those other guys, but I thought those three really were head and shoulders above the rest. So that was not uh, as, as difficult as I, I kind of expected it to be with the Sonics, but those guys seemed to kind of jump off the page right away. Okay. Yeah, I, Sigma, I think, is definitely, I, I would agree he's number two. I think he's he's a good uh, shot on there. Yeah, it, it's hard for me with, um, I mean, yeah, I would lean toward Kemp as well. Um, I, I think Fred Brown is uh, is would be fairly close, um, but I, I think I'm going to go ahead and go with Kemp as well. But it, it's a definitely a definitely toss up for me. Um, yeah, the Gus Williams and uh, Dennis Johnson, I think were were better players at their peak, but neither of them were lasted with the Sonics for that long, especially uh, Dennis Johnson. Um, right. So yeah. Uh, next, uh, San Antonio Spurs um, had some success in their uh, team history. You may have heard about. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I skipped one. Uh, we'll, we'll do the Spurs first, and then we'll go to the next team while we're uh, on there. It doesn't really matter the order in particular. So, um, there, uh, of course, uh, I, I think the the no brainers on there is uh, our Tim Duncan and uh, David Robinson. Who, um, you know, of course, uh, I don't think we need to get into Tim, Tim Duncan's accolades too much. We have a whole podcast devoted to uh, that, but obviously the five championships and you know one of the uh, uh, truly great, you know, I think definitely a strong case for top 10 of all time. And David Robinson, I think he's in, you know, among the top 15 or 20 of all time. So once you have two great players like that, two transcendent, you know, players of the generations, uh, I think that's uh, a pretty good case for uh, both guys. 
Yeah, it was uh, for me. It was Duncan and Robinson or, or, or no brainers one and two. Uh, third was a little trickier. I went with uh, George Gervin uh, just to kind of represent a little bit of the other era of the Spurs because I felt a little little disingenuous picking Mar- uh, Parker or Ginobili. Uh, but you can make a legit case for either of those guys as well. I just thought it just for the purposes of being a little bit more fun. I went Duncan Robinson and Gervin just because I, I think that'd be a fun little team on the on the court as well. Uh, just interesting to see there. But yeah, legit cases for Parker and Ginobili, and very soon I think a legit case for for Kawhi Leonard who's who's definitely knocking down that door uh, as well but I went ultimately Duncan Robinson and Gervin yeah I, I would agree with that I, I would say Leonard probably has a couple years away from uh, being on that list I mean he's already a guy who's you know going to be an MVP candidate who you, you can't really say anything the same about those other guys so I, I think he's there but I think Gervin right now in terms of uh, longevity I, I would put I would say Manu, I, I think, is fairly close. I would put Parker slightly down on that list. But uh, James Siles would be another guy who I would, uh, you know, have a little bit also ran to get the ABA years. But his career kind of ended, uh, you know, was cut short by injury. So didn't quite have the same overall impact. So, so yeah, I would, uh, I, I, I would agree with your three on that. And then uh, next, uh, the Indiana Pacers. And uh, interesting team history because, of course, they had their greatest success in the ABA. We've talked about uh, those teams on a few different episodes. Uh, but clearly, I think number one impact, Reggie Miller uh, of all time. I mean, by far the team leader in so many different categories and keeps some of their best NBA success in the uh, 90s and early 2000s. Uh, then you've got a bunch of guys who really contributed on a high level for the team. Uh, you know, From the 70s championship teams, you've got uh, someone like Mel Daniels, who was ABA MVP. Um, you have someone like uh, Roger Brown, who was you know great forward of his day. Uh, George McGinnis, who uh, you know came on a bit later and then contributed on the Pacers for a little while longer, and then he kind of bounced around the league until he came back to the Pacers and wasn't very good. Uh, he was an incredible player, but relative to Pacers history, I think might be a little bit lower on there. And then a newer guy like Paul George, who's of course recently betrayed to the Thunder, but you know has uh, you. Know, had was a great versatile player who led some team success and someone like Jermaine O'Neal in the uh, 2000s you know when they had a really good promising team going on I, I yeah. think those are really uh would be the top candidates as far as I'm concerned yeah for me uh this is a little tricky it was Reggie I went number one I mean obviously he, he's a no-brainer uh Roger Brown a guy that I you know we talked a lot about in our 70s series and a guy that that in a lot of ways was synonymous with the early part of the Pacers with the ABA Pacers franchise and then a little bit for you know obviously when they when they came to the NBA so I put him in there and and, and the stats back him up as well as being a, a legit guy there uh then it gets really tough uh Rick Smith he played the most games outside of Miller as a Pacer but he just seems like an odd fit Danny Granger's kind of there but it's like I don't do I really want Danny Granger uh, I'd probably go with Paul George, but I really don't feel great about it. I, I feel like I don't know. I that that's the pick that I kind of ended up with after a lot of thought, and I just I never really felt comfortable about it. Yeah, it would. I'd feel better about it if Paul George were sticking around, but now that he's now he's left. The yeah, team, right. I'm like, I just make like, him like a like. Hey, come play for the Pacers Big Three team. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, there you go. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would probably go with Miller, Brown, and Daniels. I, I mean, I mean, Daniels. Yeah, that's was, that's what I wanted to do. I really wanted to do that, but for whatever reason, my brain just kept going to Paul George. I don't yeah. know why. Uh, yeah, you could definitely make a case for George. If I were going to swap them out, I'd probably swap out Brown for George just because I'm kind of a fit. And, and Daniels was he was an MVP kind of at his peak, uh, even though Brown may have been the overall better player or at least overall better pace. I mean, you could you could go back and forth between them. They're both very, very close. Um, so stats wise, Brown's a little bit better. But, I, you know, Daniels had obviously incredible impact, too. And, um, you know, was was an ambassador for the team, you know, even after his career as well. So, um, yeah, I, I would go 
with Miller, Brown, and Daniels, but another one where it's very close. Obviously, you're talking about the all-time great players in Frederick's history. You're going to make some tough choices. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one for sure. Yes. So another uh, another ABA team, the uh, Denver Nuggets, um, where uh, a couple of really strong um, all-time uh, candidates there are um, Dan Issel and Alex English, who both had you know great uh, who had great longevity for the uh, team and were um, you know part of some very good uh, teams in the uh, '80s. Issel was had some pretty. He was part of some pretty good teams in the late 70s as well. Um, we've talked about how Issel and English are both, you know, among the great all-time scorers in history. We've kind of forgotten about, especially Issel, I think, I've kind of forgotten about how many points he really did score during his career. Uh, and then you have guys who had shorter runs there. I mean, David Thompson, who was an incredible player, led them to the finals in uh, 76, but was cut short because of substance abuse issues. Um Byron Beck, who was part of there for the ABA years and was, you know, a really strong uh, contributor for them. Uh, Carmelo Anthony, who, you know, of course, began his career in Denver and had, you know, uh, eight strong years as a, you know, at least as an offensive player and is, you know, up there in leaderboards of all time history. And then, uh, yeah, other guy who put on there, who I mentioned had a short stint, but was pretty impactful was the Kevin Mutombo, who, you know, in recent history, probably their greatest moment, uh, of course, is him holding the uh, ball after the uh, upset of the Sonics in the uh, in. in in, in 1993. So um, I don't think Matumbo is the best case, but uh, I think he's at least worthy of a uh, mention. Yeah, my case, uh, my guys were, um, I went with Dan Issel, uh, Alex English, those two were no-brainers. Uh, and then David Thompson, a guy that just, you know, all three of those dudes, I think, put up prolific numbers for the franchise. Um, it's hard to really, I mean, Carmelo Anthony was a guy that I definitely wanted to try to put in there, but it was hard not to, these three just, I thought, were head and shoulders above the rest. So it was a fairly easy pick for me uh, with Issel, English, and Thompson. Yeah, I'm going to go with with Carmelo ahead of Thompson. Uh, it's really close. Uh, you know, they, they they both have you know some some comparable uh, numbers over the overall. Anthony was there for a bit longer. Did lead them to a conference finals. Um, and uh, I, I'm going to give give him a little bit of a lean and sort of get a, a more modern. You get a little more. Um, uh, you know, balance in terms of eras uh, there, but uh, yeah, I, I totally get why you would uh, say Thompson. I mean, he was a really, you know, he was an extremely elite player, you know, at his very, very peak. It just his peak didn't last very long, and I think Carmelo was a good player for longer than Thompson was, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And uh, next we have the uh, we have the Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, New Jersey Nets, New York Nets, uh, New York Americans. Uh, very briefly. Um, and uh, since we did not put Julius Irving on the uh, Sixers team, uh, he's obvious no-brainer for the uh, Nets, even though he only played there for uh, three seasons. They won two championships. He was, you know, he's up there in the leaderboard in team history despite you know, having a relatively uh, a short uh, stint there. So he's definitely, you know, he's no question. And then the other no-brainer is uh, Jason Kidd, who uh, led them to, you know, their best success in the NBA with those two finals runs in the early 2000s. A relatively short uh, stint there, but um, you know, certainly was it was impactful. Um, you know, was the MVP candidate and was uh, you know helped turn around a team that had uh, done very little and 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 made it into you know a uh, a success you know the championship success and then it's still a pretty good team for a few more years after that. Yeah, the Nets need some help, man. <laughs> this, is, uh, this is pretty rough here. Uh, I put Irving in there. I think he definitely needs to help them, so it kind of sucks taking him away from the Sixers, but putting him on the Nets. But I think it works out. I mean, he is synonymous with that franchise's you know, early success, or really 
all, all their success that the franchise had in a lot of ways. Uh, Jason Kidd, you know, there's some case that he could go to the Mavs or somewhere like that, but I thought it, it made all the sense in the world for him to go to the, the Nets as well. Uh, great numbers as a member of the Nets and also the success that you mentioned. And the third guy, who boy, um, I guess Buck Williams. Like I don't like it's really, really falls off a cliff after the the, the Irving and Kid. I I don't know, man. I, you can make a case for uh, any number of guys. I want Buck Williams, but it's not good. It's uh, Nets history, not not great at all. <laughs> yeah, and, and Buck Williams is like totally a solid player. Yeah, you know, oh, absolutely. Totally just productive. like it, yeah. it's just like if you came out there with Buck Williams, and it's like, well, we have like Jerry West, and like yes. we have Kobe, and like yes. it's like Buck. It's like Buck, you're fine, but like <laughs> no. man, it's like your best three people in your franchise. It's like, well, I am. It's like, oh, okay. yeah, like maybe you know, it's just like. Maybe the Nets could sign Elgin Baylor to like a ten day contract and give him like a minute of NBA time, so we could put Elgin Baylor on the Nets. Yeah, yeah. right. Like yeah. they need that because like, yeah, Buck's a fine guy, but yeah, when yeah. everyone's coming out with their best, and it's like ah, Buck Williams, like oh man, like like again, no, 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 I don't want to be smirch Buck, and you know if he's listening or I don't know. Yeah, can Buck listen? I don't know if Buck is. Uh... I'm, I'm sure he can listen. Does okay, listen? I, well, I was, I I was not sure if he was dead or not. I I don't know. He's that Buck alive. Was, I, yes, I don't know why Buck Williams would die. He is very alive. Okay, good. All right, we're yes, good. I don't want to. Goodness. I don't want to say that he's listening in case he's he's possibly dead. Right. Still, yes. So still with us. But yeah, yeah. he's still with us. It's good. Yeah. So good. I'm glad. But Buck's good. But yeah, yeah. just like uh, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I. It's really hard because yeah, the best choices are you know Buck Williams, Richard Jefferson, Brooke Lopez, and Vince Carter, who's probably a better choice for the uh, Raptors. So. <laughs> Right, uh, and the Raptors really need, need him desperately. So, um, so we're not going to pick him. Um, although I'm surprised how high he is up on like the longevity, uh, or you know, some like the wind shares. He's seventh of all time, despite not playing there for very long. So, um, I'm going to go with Brook Lopez. Um, it's really close. I think maybe just because you know, you it would be nice to have a. I mean, you know, Brook's more of a power forward. Brook's more of a center. You you know, you're gonna uh, Brook's has some nice outside shooting, which you know could balance well with those guys. But you could you go either way. I mean, Doc and Kidd are going to get you. You know, they're going to get you a lot of buckets no matter who you are. So, um, so yeah, I think that's their best. Or but yeah, I don't know. Putting Brook Lopez on there, like it's just like he's a good enough player. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, it, it he, probably, he became yeah, but, their franchise most games, right? Like this past season, if I remember uh, correctly. I think he was he most, just short of it? I think he has the most points in franchise history. I believe. He oh, that's what it was. That, that was it was. Yes, right, right, yes. right, right. So, that's what it was. Okay. And then got traded to the Lakers, so no, no longer able to contribute as a. Uh, you know, I'm changing my mind. I'm going to go with Buck as well. I. Uh, <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Buck. I I, I decided that Buck's a, a better choice, so uh, more respectable choice. Plus, you got, you got the goggles, you know. You gotta gotta make it work. <laughs> so uh, next, we have some better options for the uh, the Houston Rockets. Um, we have uh, I, I think our our for sure our for sure for sure is Hakeem Olajuwon. Um, our also for sure, uh, but not maybe quite as for sure is James Harden, um, who you could also make a case for the Thunder, which we'll get to in a little bit, but probably not yeah, gonna yeah. go with that. Um, and uh, I, obviously, Harden's been an MVP candidate for the uh, last few years. Elijah and led them to two championships and, and won the MVP. So, uh, you know, I think clear cut, obviously. Uh, you know, as long as Harden, I mean, I think Harden's sticking there uh, for a long time, unless there's some catastrophic injury or something. I mean, he's, you know, um, I, I think he's made a clear case for being the second best. Well, yeah, I, I would say, uh, well, well, we'll get to that. So they're the ones, Calvin Murphy, Rutan Janovich, uh, Moses Malone, and Yao Ming, as we mentioned earlier, you, Moses Malone, you could make a, a, a case with the um, um, with the Sixers as well. Uh, Moses won two championships with the, um, won two champion, won, won two um, 
MVPs with the uh, Rockets and led them to a uh, finals as well. So he was absolutely an elite player for his time. The, the issue is, you know, not much longevity with their only uh, six seasons with the uh, Rockets. So, uh, you know, maybe you could reward, you know, Murphy or, or Tom Janovich or somebody who had some more longevity there. Yeah, I went with, um, and there's a reason why, I, we'll, we'll explain a little bit why I didn't choose Moses, but uh, here I went with Hakeem, uh, James Harden, and then I put Calvin Murphy in there. Uh, you could make a solid case for Yao Ming as well, but I thought Hakeem, Harden, and, and, and um, uh, Calvin Murphy were uh, the, the three that really stood out for me. Uh, yeah, Moses, you can you you could put if you wanted to, but uh, for the purposes of this, I had, you know, we have a secret team that I want to put uh, Moses on later. So, Ooh, secret team. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm excited about that. Well, I'm going to go ahead and put Moses here, um, even though, like I said, I just think he was, you know, he was just a dominant player when he played there. I, I think I'm going to go with him, even though we've got Olajuwon and Malone and, you know, we have a, we got the two big men. I think we'll make it work. Uh, James, James Harden will shoot enough to, for them to get some good rebounds. And all, all Moses really needs is just to be able to get the rebounds and it'll be fine. So, so I, I think we'd make that work. Yeah, you don't need any more shooting once you have Harden. Like, you're pretty good after that. <laughs> like, he'll, he'll, he'll take care of that for you. Right, exactly, yes. So, uh, next we have the uh, Phoenix Suns. And, and this is a really hard team to... Uh, to decide on honestly i mean they have so i mean they have some great transcendent players but like everyone in terms of like franchise history they have so many guys who have like almost exactly equal cases and you know if you look in terms of the stats they produced in terms of you know kind of the errors that they were you know effective i mean you you have a lot of guys who have just like really solid cases and no one with a case that absolutely just like stands out like mind-blowing i mean i put for sure steve nash with the match or I'm sorry, with the Suns, he also maybe could make a case with the Mavs. But um, he had the two MVPs, obviously. But he's like only third all time in win shares. And you compare like his, you compare his production versus Kevin Johnson's production, and Johnson kind of like beats him in a lot of ways. And you're kind of like, hmm, that's interesting. But I think Nash was. I mean, it'd be interesting to see what Kevin Johnson's career had been like had he played the years that Nash had played instead of playing the years that he had played. Um, whether that would have made a difference or not, you know, I know obviously point guard played point guard play changed a lot from Johnson's era to Nash's era but then again Nash like was key in making that era of change and you know with the way that he uh you know, directed the Suns and the seven seconds were left so even if the on-court impact even if you argue the MVPs overrate that a little bit the off-court impact was incredible and uh makes him on there and then you know we've guys like Charles Barkley obviously won an MVP there uh Sean Marion who um he's all-time leader in win shares and you know I think was an underrated aspect of why seven seconds or less work Johnson's we mentioned someone like Alvin Adams who um you know was a great player in the 70s and 80s led them to uh finals appearance Amar Stoudemire, another part of the um, seven seconds left, a guy like who was there forever, like Walter Davis or Paul Westfall, even you know some some of those guys who you know, really uh, you had some great years with the uh, team and really um, you know are uh, are really incredible. Uh, but yeah, a, a lot of guys who uh, some of them who had cases for other teams and some of them who just didn't quite like you, you know it, it's sort of like the Suns team history like they are like have one of the best winning percentages of all times but they have never won a championship and uh, only been to the finals once it just that's kind of their their player choices kind of encapsulate that in a way 
Yeah, it, it's kind of tricky here. I, I went with Steve Nash. I, I went with Charles Barkley as well. I thought Charles kind of fit a little bit better with. I mean, even though he was only there for quite a few, uh, a handful of years, uh, they were very you know important years for the franchise, really good years for the franchise. So I put him in there. And then the third, I was really really tough, but I went with Alvin Adams. I thought Alvin Adams' stats really jumped off the board for me a little bit, especially when it's so hard to kind of figure out those other guys. And there were so many other dudes that that you could make legit cases for that Alvin for whatever reason. I just said, hey, look, the stats look a little bit better for him, but you can make a reasonable case for a lot of those guys and I felt really bad leaving Sean Marion off like I feel like he's gonna like send a quote now to like somebody like like this team's gonna go out there and he's gonna be sitting there like oh come on like really like I don't get love even on the Suns big three but uh yeah so I apologize Sean Marion like I would almost feel bad and put Sean Marion on there anyway plus if it was actually a three-on-three game like you'd want somebody like Sean Marion because he could do everything uh but ultimately I went with Steve Nash Alvin Adams and Charles Barkley okay yeah, I'm going to go with Marion, Nash, and Barkley uh, as well. I, I I love Alvin Adams. He's really great, great passer, really fun player to watch. But I'm, I'm going to go with Marion slightly ahead of him. I, I, I feel like uh, even though Barkley's time there was short-lived, I think the impact he had was was so great. I, you know, Nash, we've already kind of explained our reasons, even though I hate to leave Kevin Johnson off because he was a great player. Not so good of a person, I guess, but um, given some of the things he's been accused of. But a uh, great player, and um, but but yeah, I, I would put Nash ahead of him for kind of the reasons we talked about, even though, like I said, I wonder what it would be like if they had played in the exact same era. But again, we, we don't know. So we have to say how they played compared to their eras, and Nash had a bigger impact, so. Yeah, and Kevin Johnson's a killer too. If you go back and watch like his his YouTube videos, it's pretty incredible what he oh, was yeah. able to do. I mean, oh, that's a guy who's like who's like Russell Westbrook in the early '90s when there wasn't guys that were that size just dunking as well as they are. The problem with Kevin Johnson, he's such a little turd in real life that right. like I have such a hard like I wanted to put him on there, and I was just like, nah, I can't. Like he's yeah. just a turd. I don't want him on my team. So. So next we have the Milwaukee Bucks. As we mentioned earlier, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, still leads a lot of the, uh, win- you know, he's, he's up there on a lot of the leaderboards in Bucks history, you know, in terms of win shares and things like that. Uh, I think a no-brainer obviously led them to a championship and another finals and their greatest uh, success they've ever, you know, had. Um, although the 80s team also had some great success as well, led by uh, Sidney Moncrief, I think is the other no-brainer for uh, that team. We talked about them in previous episodes about, uh, you know, uh, how... Uh, uh, you know, really great they were, and how they just happened to come in at, at the same time as the uh, great Sixers and Celtics teams of the '80s. So uh, a lot of other good players you could uh, pick, but none of them necessarily had the super long um, time with the team. Uh, Marcus Johnson, who we've talked about in terms of one of the, some of the great underrated players of all time. Bob Dandridge, uh, also part of that early '70s Bucks team, and also contributed later on. Uh, Michael Red, you know, great offensive player, great three point shooter in the uh, late 2000s. Ray Allen, you know, late '90s, early. Uh, 2000s, um, you know, obviously one, you know, a really great player in NBA history, never really kind of stuck in one spot. And uh, Terry Cummings, who was, you know, a great player who helped, you know, sustain that that really good run for the Bucks in the late 80s, really versatile, um, uh, you know, incredibly great forward uh, during, uh, you know, for the Bucks and one of the most important players in French's history, obviously. Uh, yeah, this was a tricky one, but I thought, you know, Kareem, yeah, he's got probably got to go here. The Lakers probably didn't need him. Uh, the Bucks probably need him a little bit more. Uh, then I went with Sidney Moncrief, um, and then I went with Marquise Johnson as, as my third. I thought those guys were uh, good. You can make legit cases for Dandridge and a few other guys, but I thought those three really kind of stood head and, head and shoulders above the rest. Yeah. I'm going to go with Ray Allen. Um, I I think at, kind of as a peak player, uh, he may have contributed a little bit more than uh, – uh, than Marcus Johnson or, or Dandridge, but I mean it's really close. Um, you know, he didn't quite have the same longevity as they did, but I, I do think that he was really 
you know, really impactful. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Johnson's really close, though. That's a really tough one. I, I guess I like the idea of getting a more modern player on there, you know, Moncrief and um, and and Johnson overlap a bit. So um, I, I'm going to go with Ray Allen, but uh, Johnson is – it's it's really a um, – you know, it's it's very close, and Dandridge is another great case. That's a really hard one for me, but uh, I am going to go with Ray Allen. Yeah, I think that's 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 solid too. All right, thank you, uh, Trailblazers. <laughs> so, um, so one for sure, I think we would agree is uh, Clyde Drexler, who had you know great longevity, led them to a couple of finals, was the best player in there. Obviously, a member of Team USA, and then a lot of people would put Bill Walton as a no brainer. And you know, obviously, their greatest team success was the '77 championship year. You know, very lauded. Uh, Walton, obviously, you know, an incredible. Uh, you, you play first day, but you know, really a short lived run in Portland because of the injuries and the other issues that we've gone through extensively. So um, I still think he belongs, but I would take him off the absolute no-brainer for sure. And then, you know, a lot of really good players. Uh, Terry Porter, I think, is a little bit underrated in terms of his uh, impact. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, who is not a favorite of Blazers fans, but is, you know, up there pretty high in the leaderboards. Rashid Wallace, who's up there higher than I would have expected in the leaderboards in team history and obviously was an impactful player. Uh, someone like Damian Lillard, who's, you know, um, you know they're, they're clearly the franchise player now, one of the great guards of this day. And Brandon Roy, who, you know, in the late 2000s before the injuries hit him was just was was a great player and really on track to do some great things i think the it doesn't quite have enough longevity to be on there but it's certainly worth mentioning yeah for me i went with clyde drexler bill walton and i went rasheed wallace there i thought uh rasheed just the the uh you know the, the years he was there i think were, were fairly important years and yeah the numbers really stack up as well but uh yeah you can make a case for i think for porter uh aldridge and then really yeah even though roy's career was so short there uh he's a guy that definitely seems like one that should be there and damien lillard's a guy that's building up that resume so in a few years we could put him but yeah, i went with drexler walton and, and rasheed wallace okay yeah, I'm, I'm obviously Drexler and uh, Walton. I'm actually going to go with Terry Porter. Um, I, I do think that Lillard's uh, going to eventually be the guy who's uh, on this, but um, but I think I'm going to go with uh, with Terry Porter. You know, really good. Um, you know, really had a long uh, t- long career with the um, Trailblazers and was probably the second most important player on those teams. Really good running mate for Drexler. I think would you know, having a guard on this team would be would be helpful. So um, although obviously Drexler can, although Drexler's forte was not ball handling necessarily, um, even though he was versatile, did a lot of things. So yeah, I would probably go with Porter, Drexler, and uh, Walton. But there's definitely. Some other good cases there. Lillard uh, is making one and Roy you know, up there as well. Uh, Rashid, yeah, I mean, he was great too, but I, I feel like maybe we have a couple too many. I, well, I guess, you know, you can kind of have some decent balance with Rashid, Walt, Walton, and uh, Drexler. And that would be a fun team to watch for sure. Watching Rashid Absolutely, and yeah. Walton play together, that would be pretty incredible. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm rethinking this a little bit, but I'm just going to go with Porter and uh, lock it in. <laughs> Uh, next is the uh, are the uh, Los Angeles Clippers, also the San Diego Clippers and Buffalo Braves in the uh, past. Um, uh, we, we've had episodes on the history of this uh, franchise and how they've been, been cursed to some unfortunate times. Um, they've, of course, had great success uh, recently, which is well, at least you know, this era with Chris Paul leaving. You know, they're transitioning into a different era, you know, with uh, Blake Griffin probably as their featured star. It'll be interesting to see how that happens. Um, I think Paul right now is the only absolute, you know, definite guy that I would put on there. Uh, just you know, just because his his impact and his you know he's he's a career leader in a lot of uh, things and win shares and a lot of uh, big numbers and he's you know been the the straw that stirred the drink there. Even though Griffin's really important too and uh, you know to a um, 
to a lesser extent, Dan or Jordan. Um, uh, I would say um, you know, we've talked a lot about uh, Elton Brand being a really important player for the, the uh, 2000s Clippers and how underrated he was and you know led them to that conference finals appearance in, or I guess semifinals appearance in 06. Uh, Bob McAdoo for the Buffalo Braves was, you know, won an MVP and I, I believe was top three, three times an MVP for that uh, franchise. And um, although his success there was short lived, there aren't a whole lot of guys who played for a long time for this franchise. So I, I think he's definitely up there. And then somebody like uh, Randy Smith or Danny Manning, who you know kind of were some of the key guys in the other, you know, decent eras that they've had or, you know, kind of decent runs. I, I think those guys are a tier below. Yeah, I really think there's probably, you know, four or five guys who really have any case here. Yeah, for me, it, it it kind of seemed disingenuous that I picked all these recent guys, but it is the Clippers. So I went with uh, Chris Paul and Brand and Blake Griffin there and uh, didn't really have much of an argument there. I thought those guys all. But yeah, McAdoo, you could probably put in there. But yeah, it seems it's not a franchise littered with uh, great franchise players. So unfortunately, uh, not a ton to choose from. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Paul uh, Blake and I'm going to go with Bob McAdoo. I think even though, you know, the kind of the short lived run there, I, I think he was so incredibly great for the times that he was great. It's nice to get a brave in there as well. Um, nice to get a 70s guy. I, I, I think Brand and Griffin is a toss up. I, I think you could definitely still pick Brand right now. But at some point, Griffin's contributions, you know, are, are going to, you know, just overwhelm to, to that point. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and pick him now. But uh, it, it's it's very close. Uh, so next, the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, so surprise, surprise, LeBron James is our uh, is our definite choice for this uh, franchise. Uh, I don't think we need to say a whole lot more about it because uh, I think everyone here pretty much knows what uh, LeBron James has done. But obviously, uh, you know, tremendous players, and, and you know the franchise history has not been. You know, they've had some good good runs and some good players there, but. You know, in terms of uh, picking two and three, there's a lot of guys with fairly equal cases. Uh, somebody like Mark Price and Brad Doherty from the uh, from the late '80s, early '90s teams that were really good. Uh, we've mentioned Doherty's really, you know, kind of an underrated center for his time. That you know, the long the injuries kept him from having great longevity. But he was up there with a guy like Ewing you know, during the years that he played. Um, and Price obviously was a really good guard for his time. Um, and, you know, another guy, yeah, Junius Augustus obviously you know, had a long run of sustained success and was, you know, part of those good Cavs teams of the late 2000s along with LeBron. And you kind of complimented him fairly well, even though not super important. And then, you know, um, Kyrie Irving and to a lesser extent Kevin Love right now. Obviously, Kyrie, I, I think, has a strong uh, case to be on this list uh, given, you know, what he's meant to the franchise and leading to the championship and Love as well, even though he hasn't been with the franchise as long. Yeah, me, uh, I went with LeBron, obviously, uh, no-brainer there. I went with Mark Price, and I went with Bill Zildjianos Ogowskis, I thought, uh, for the longevity of he, him being there. And then also the production, too. I think Big Z had a, a quiet, great seasons there. So, um, yeah, I, I, I was uh, fairly easy on the LeBron, uh, Mark Price, and, and Big Z. But, yeah, a few cases for some other guys, but I thought those guys were, were the more obvious ones for me. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, LeBron, and then I'm going to go with uh, Doherty, and I'm going to go with Kyrie. Yeah. Um, I, I think that I think Doherty was a better player than Z, even though Z has the longevity there, and I could definitely see either way. But but Doherty was almost a 2010 guy, and 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 Z was good, but but not quite at that level. And I think that Irving is a stronger player than Price, even though Price had some really good skills, and you know, and was a you know was a good outside shooter. But I mean, Kyrie's just individual game is incredible, and I think he's you know uh, he's he's learned to compliment LeBron uh, very well. He's not much of a defensive player, but I'm not sure Price was all that great of a defensive player either. So. I think um, I think I'm going to go with those three, but um, like 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 we keep saying, there's there's you know there's there's cases for lots of guys here. Sure, yeah. Uh, the Utah Jazz. Um, 
So for sure, we're going to go with uh, no brainer here. Carl uh, Malone and John Stockton. <laughs> uh, not real hard to get these two. And then this is another one where the third choice, there's not like a whole lot of super great options here. Um, I think the best, you know, in terms of historical player is uh, Adrian Dantley, but, but Dantley didn't really, I mean, I guess he did play uh, seven seasons with the, um, with the jazz. Now that I'm looking at it, we averaged 30 a game and, you know, led the league in scoring for a long time was just incredibly efficient during that time. Um, not really regarded as much of a defensive player, but uh, I don't. When you have offense that good, you don't necessarily have to have great defense. Um, and then a few guys like Andre Karolinko, um, uh, Darren Williams, uh, who's who's really good, but just for a kind of a short time. And then somebody like Pete Maravich, who um, I, you know was for the New Orleans uh, version of the franchise. Obviously, not so much in Utah. Um, you know, was there was the initial franchise and had some really great seasons. I mean, he averaged twenty five points, five point six assists, four point three assists, and um, you know, uh, and was able to. I believe he led the league in scoring uh, one year and was able to, you know, be well rounded for a while before the injuries caught up with him. So, um, it, you know, it, it is there. There aren't a, like necessarily like a lot of. There's a lot of like good players that they've had, but not like a lot of great mm-hmm. ones outside of that. Uh, Hayward, I don't think played there long enough to, yeah, really to nah. uh, you know, be be on this list, even though he's you know had some good years as well. Yeah, no, I want uh, Stockton Malone, obviously, no-brainer. And then I want Adrian Dantley. Uh, you can make a case for AK-47, Andrew Kirilenko. But, uh, yeah, I thought Dantley, Stockton, Malone were, were the no-brainers there, with Stockton Malone being the the more no, the most no-brainers of any, really almost any franchise that we've had so far, maybe other than you know LeBron and Cleveland or whatever. But, yeah, uh, pretty easy list for me there. Yeah, yeah, I, um, yeah, it's tough. I mean, do you value Dantley's just incredible offensive game? Is that needed with Malone and Stockton? Or would you rather have Kirilenko, who's kind of the more uh, Yeah, Kirilenko's a guy, guy who probably works. Works in, in a little bit more in a three on three game, like we're talking about with Sean Marion a little bit earlier. So that that is where it's a little interesting. Is yeah, where if you're talking about a straight game, maybe then you would take Karolinko. But yeah, I'm kind of valuing the overall totality of the career or whatever, and that's why I thought Dantley more prolific of the scorer um, and a few other you know gaudy numbers to put Dantley above uh, um, uh, above you know other guys on the list, including Karolinko. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Karolinko, but it's uh, but I. I totally see why you would go with Dantley. I don't think there's anyone else who's necessarily a really strong candidate for the team. Uh, you know, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I would say, I, I, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, Kirilenko just, I think, because the fit there. And I think the longevity and the impact is, you know, is close enough that it's uh, you, just depending on what you kind of want from that team. So. Uh, next, Dallas Mavericks, and another uh, very strong, for sure, in uh, Dirk Davitsky, uh pretty obvious there. And then uh, uh, a lot of maybes there, um, Rolando Blockman and uh, uh, Derek Harper, Jason Terry, Mark Aguirre, Michael Finley. Uh, I, I put Steve Nash in here, although I don't think it's really a realistic one, and Jason Kidd as well, who uh, obviously they're, they're good. we've already selected them for the Nets and the Suns, but I, I think there's at least – you can think about them uh, you know, in terms of where they are in a team uh, impact history. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, Blackman obviously you know, was a great player for you know, some of their, those good 80s teams. Um, you, know, you can make Derek Harper as well. Um, you had a good impact there. Uh, Jason Terry, part of the, the 2010 championship team and, and had a long run there in Dallas alongside with Dirk, you know, pretty good, you know, second, third best player, but not really, you know, a guy I really put there on the franchise list. Uh, Mark Aguirre came out better than I kind of expected in, in some certain things in terms of, you know, his ability to score and, and be kind of efficient. He was sort of a, in some ways, a poor man's um, Adrian Dantley, who was, who was later traded for. Um, yeah. 
And, um, you know, Michael Finley was kind of part of that big three, but uh, with uh, along with Dirk and Steve Nash, but Finley didn't really have um, – he wasn't actually there for that long. So you got a, a bunch of guys who have about, you know, a, a really close to the same case. Yeah, for me, uh, Dirk was was obviously no brainer. Then it, it got kind of tricky here. I, I went Michael Finley and Rolando Blackman. Uh, Blackman, uh, just yeah, legit case for Jason Terry as well, uh, which seems strange because I feel like Michael Finley seems synonymous to that franchise, and Jason Terry doesn't. But when you look at it, Jason Terry, I think played more games than Michael Finley there because you forget that that you know Finley left in 05 and Terry was there until God, what 2012 or whatever. So uh, and then he came so early as well. So yeah, like Terry has a legit case. Uh, Derek Arper, I think, has a good argument as well. But uh, I ended up going with Dirk. Uh, Michael Finley and Blackman, but there are a lot of guys that I think you can make a case for other than Dirk. I mean, I think you got Dirk numbed out, and then the other two is really a grab bag, and I really wouldn't argue with uh, almost four or five different guys in those spots. Yeah, I would. Um, yeah, I would go with Blackman as well, and, um, and yeah, then it's really kind of tough. I, I would go with Finley over Terry, even though I kind of want to go with Terry because he was part of the championship team. I feel like. They were close to as impactful as each other, but I think Finley was the overall better player, so I'm going to go with Finley, but it's another one that's extremely close. Yeah, it would be nice to... I, I, I kind of wish we could we could put Kidd on here because I do think he's kind of a better choice than any of them, but I think he, he's needed by the Mets more... The Nets, rather, more than he's needed by the Mavs. Right. So next, uh, the uh, Miami Heat, who... Um, I have a lot of interesting players uh, all along there. Uh, obviously, our for sure is Dwayne Wade, uh, who's um, part of their uh, you know their their great success of their 2006 championships, and then there with the uh, LeBron years as part of the uh, big three. Um, you would normally put LeBron, you know, for any if if it hadn't been first time in Cleveland, LeBron would would certainly be uh, a no brainer for this list as well. But obviously, we're picking him for Cleveland. Uh, then we have a lot of uh, interesting choices. We have Alonzo Mourning, who I, I think has a really strong case. But then uh, also, there's a possibility uh, the Hornets really need some help, and he is a kind of a possibility for there. Um, also, Chris Bosh, who, you know, part part of that great big three. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal, who uh, also is, you could put him for the Lakers or the uh, Magic. And uh, Tim Hardaway, who was, you know, re- really good for the, uh, it's a, a pretty good run in the late 90s, early 2000s, and he kind of helped key that. And, you know, there's somebody like Eddie Jones as well, but I don't think he's quite as on the level of all-timer as those other guys are. So I would put them kind of ahead of uh, Eddie Jones, even though he's he's pretty good on the career marks in terms of franchise history. Yeah, the, the Heat were... Um... Yeah, it, it, one thing I found was kind of funny in doing the research for them that no, other than Dwayne Wade, no other Heat player had played over 600 games of that franchise, which is kind of weird because there's a lot of really good guys in there, a lot of good years, and a lot. I mean, it's obviously it's a young team or whatever, but you'd assume some other guys maybe would get there. But yeah, no one was. Uh, I know Morning was was kind of close, but yeah, for me, I went up with uh, I ended up with Wade uh, Morning, and then I put Chris Bosh in there. It seems kind of weird that Chris Bosh would be in there, but you know, he seems like a guy that might work a little bit better for Toronto than he does for here. But I thought you know his years in the Heat were so important and were so good that that he seemed like a good choice here. But you could also I think make a pretty good case for a Tim Hardaway but I thought Dwayne Wade and Lonzo were the one too I think there's good good chance you put those guys in there and then the other third it was it was tough but I ended up with Bosch yeah so I'm gonna go with Wade uh Bosch and then Shaq uh I'm gonna put Shaq on the heat and I'm gonna do something different with the uh magic just because I I I just feel like um you know we want to uh you know we obviously have to put Shaq somewhere so I, I feel like this is the best place for a Shaq versus um you know, the magic, which I don't think needs him quite as much as the Heat do. 
So next we have the uh, Charlotte Hornets or uh, Bobcats. And we're, of course, only considering the Charlotte aspect of the history here. We'll deal with the New Orleans, the the. The New Orleans Hornets slash Pelicans history in uh, in, in the Pelicans uh, franchise for those uh, keeping score. I know everyone here definitely is. Um, <laughs> we have uh, yeah, it's not a, a great list of options, which is why I wanted to have morning for uh, this team because we have uh, morning as we mentioned who um, uh, and we also have uh, Jared Wallace who is you know a, a really good player for the. Uh, for the Bobcats in his day, uh, Kimball Walker, who's, you know, who's, who's had some strong play going on, uh, Larry Johnson, uh, who was uh, pretty good. And, uh, someone like Baron Davis, who kind of split his time between Charlotte and New Orleans versions of the Hornets. So, uh, he, he's one where it's a little bit weird here because he's technically like separated by that, even though he did it all with one franchise. So that's one weird thing where the split in history sort of hurts his um, impact. So, yeah, you know, Muggsy Bogues is kind of when he's like, you know, has some of the when he's one of the best cases that you really mentioned him. It's it's really hard to uh, hard, hard to pick. Yeah, I went with Muggsy Bogues, question mark, uh, Larry Johnson and Gerald Wallace. This is uh, this is a bad one. And we should move on because it makes me sad. Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to at least. Just, yeah, I at least got morning on there, so I feel decent about that. Jared Wallace, you know, he's a pretty good uh, – he's a very, very poor man, Sean Marion, <laughs> I guess. So uh, – and I'll go with um, – hmm, I'll go with Larry Johnson right now, but I think Kimball Walker could uh, – is, is probably going to be on here uh, relatively soon. So I'll uh, – I, I think Larry makes a more interesting team right now, so I'm going to go with that. <laughs> Deal. All right, the magic. Uh, luckily, we have Dwight Howard to, um, even though I at his peak wasn't as good of a player as Shaq, had more longevity with the magic, so I feel like he's uh, he's a strong player. Um, and then I, I think really the only other candidates are the guys who I would uh, pick would be uh, Tracy McGrady and uh, Penny Hardaway, who you know by far, along with Shaq and Dwight, are the best individual players in franchise history. There isn't really anyone else who, um, who even comes close to it, even though McGrady and Hardaway didn't actually play that long, and Shaq obviously didn't play that long for the uh, magic. Um, they all, you know, I, I think by far have the biggest impact in franchise history. Uh, yeah, Nick Anderson, even though he's up there on some of the leaderboards, I, I don't think he was quite the same player. Jameer Nelson, uh, same way. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty easy choice for me. Dwight Howard was a no-brainer, and then I threw uh, Terry McGrady and Penny Hardaway in there. I thought that was, yeah, I mean, there's really no, I, I, I don't think you can make a case for pretty much any other combo of guys. Yeah. So you realize you didn't pick Shaq, right? Oh, did I not put him on the Lakers? Uh, no, I don't. Th- wait, did you put him on the Lakers? Um, did I? I thought I put him on the Lakers. Let me hope. Let me make sure I did because that I, would be bad if me, I never picked Shaq. Uh, uh, yeah, ma- a Magic Mike and an, oh god, I did not put Shaq on any team. <laughs> 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 ah, this Shaq guy is he any good? I mean, let's be honest, he's just big. Like, um, okay, hold on a minute. Now we got to do some. Uh, oh boy. Sorry. Uh, see you later, Chris Bosh. Shaq, welcome to the Heat. So All right, there you go. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Bosh. I, wow, I really thought I put him on the Lakers. That's what happens when you do the list over the course of a few days. So thank you for noticing that. So there you go. <laughs> uh, so uh, next we have Timberwolves. Uh, Kevin Garnett, obviously. Uh, then the choices are not that inspiring. Uh, Kevin Love, Carl uh, Anthony Towns, who's obviously will, I, I think, as long as he sticks around, will be on this list and maybe he's already on it. Uh, Wally Zerbiak and uh, Ricky Rubio just left the Timberwolves for uh, for Utah. So, um, you know, Wiggins is obviously somebody who, you know, you could make the case for at some point, but his, um, you know, impact is, is sort of been questionable to begin with. And it's, yeah, he, he's not a guy who I think has quite come out as, as much as, um, you know, Carl Anthony Towns has already to be, 
you know, Fretch's player. I mean, he might get there, but right now I'm not kind of putting him in that category yet. And obviously he's very young in his career. Yeah, I, uh, I went with Garnett, of course. Uh, then I put Kevin Love, and then I had a real tough time with number three. Uh, I was split between uh, Wally Zerbiak and Sam Mitchell. I ended up with Sam Mitchell just to give some uh, representatives to the uh, the, <laughs> the the late 90s uh, yeah. uh, Timberwolves a little bit more. But, yeah, it's uh, not a lot of great choices on that list. Yeah. So let's go with Sam Mitchell because he's more yeah. fun than Wally Zerbiak. Too bad we can't put George Mike in on this for Minnesota and, and, <laughs> right, then, and then move Elgin Baylor to the Lakers, but uh, <laughs> but that'd be breaking our rules. So yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, Garnett and Love are I think clearly the best franchise players in um, in, in history. Zerbiak actually has a better track record than yeah. I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it actually isn't too bad. I'm gonna go with Towns, even though I know it's really early, but I just think he's just such a transcendent player or gonna be one that I feel comfortable putting him on here, even though it's um, you know I may look foolish again if we do this again somewhere in the future. But I'm just going to go ahead and put them on there. I think that's fair. Yeah, no, right. it's, it's it's not a lot of good choices here. So <laughs> do whatever yeah. you want. <laughs> yeah. So next we have the uh, next we have the Raptors. We have um, uh, I didn't don't have really anybody for sure because it's a it's a very confusing list. We have. Uh, we have Chris Bosh, of course, has a case for the Heat. We have Vince Carter, who, of course, has a case for the Nets. Who we, 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 I picked not Bosh for the Heat, but but uh, you did not. I uh, and neither <laughs> of us picked Carter for the Nets, so he's available. Kyle Lowry, Demar Derozan, and maybe Jose Calderon, just because he's up there in the leaderboards. Although I, I'm not really that great on uh, putting him on there. All right. Well, since I uh, I outlawed Chris Bosh from the Miami Heat team, I will then add him now to the Raptors. Uh, I went Vince Carter, um, and then who? I think I'm going to bump. Kyle Lowry off and go Vince Carter, DeMar DeRozan, and Chris Bosh. But uh, oh, yeah, it's uh, very interesting. Yeah, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't really like that either. But this team's kind of a, kind of a mess here. Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. And, and I, I did notice when we were looking at the research. Does it surprise you that the top six all-time win shares Raptors are all still active players? Well, I mean, given that they've only been around for twenty years, I guess it's not that surpri- not super surprising. But yeah, it is. Um, I it's mean, helped I mean, by the fact guy- that Vince Carter's forty one years old and just won't leave, right. which is the greatest That's story true. in that NBA is history. Yeah. Is Vince Carter yeah. workman like? You know, like if if I had told you in two thousand three, you know, who's going to be? You know, going to stick with the league forever because he's just a hard worker that accepts his role and just wants to do the things that the team wants to do. It's Vince Carter. You would probably say you are nuts, but yes, in two thousand seventeen, Vince Carter is still an active player and still a good part of. Uh, some teams too, so yeah, it's uh, that's quite interesting there. But yeah, I, I, I'm going to go Vince Carter, uh, DeRozan, and Chris Bosh. But that's a really weird. One. I had Lowry on there, but then I bumped uh, him for Chris Bosh because okay. I yeah, forgot I, to put I'm Shaq gonna, on a team. So <laughs> I'm going to go with Carter, uh, Lowry, and DeRozan. Uh, I, I would definitely put Bosh on here if he hadn't been on my Heat team. I, I, I guess I should have. I did, wasn't really thinking about that when I put stuck him on the Heat. Um, but yeah, I, I think the I, I think I'm okay with the Heat. Have well, let's see who would the Heat get if I, if I put Bosh here? Who could the because he. Because they don't, they won't have Shaq because I put him. Or no, they will have Shaq. Um, where did the Heat go? Heat, 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 Heat. This is fun. This is good podcasting right here. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. So, uh, eh. all right. You know what? I'm going to put Tim Hardaway on the Heat along with uh, Wade and um, along with Wade and Shaq, and then I'm going to go ahead and put Bosch on the uh, Raptors. But I'm going to bump the Rosen off. I'm going to put Carter, Lowry, and uh, Bosch. So. It is so decreed. I, I I think Lowry's just been a little bit more of an impactful player, even though DeRozan's been there, for, uh, played longer. So, so uh, next we have the uh, Ma- Memphis Vancouver Grizzlies, and um, 
Uh, they've had some, obviously, their great success has been over the past uh, five, six, seven years. And uh, the two key players, I think, in that are uh, Marcus All and Mike Conley, who are, you know, up there in, in the leaderboards or, you know, two of the really elite players who have played for the uh, franchise. The other we'll, we'll get to in a moment. Um, but I think they've been really the driving force for that success. Zach Randolph is obviously up there as well in terms of, you know, modern impact. A uh, guy, you know, in the two, in the two thousands for their initial, you know, run of you know, a couple good good years. Pau Gasol uh, might be the best individual player that they've had. Um, you, definitely between Mark and Pau, it's interesting discussion. And then um, the only other guy who I think really is kind of you know been a you know effective a, a real strong maybe not quite not quite franchise player but at least all star to caliber player is a uh, Sharif Abdurrahim you know for Vancouver but those were so bad and I, I'm not really putting a lot of stock into that but he's the only <laughs> other guy who I would say you might consider yeah I went with Marcus Gasol, Paul Gasol and Zach Randolph but uh, yeah not a lot of um okay uh, there Mike Conley I, I probably should have put Mark Conley in there or Mike Conley in there but uh, for whatever reason that the Gasols had me uh, uh for some reason I just like the, the combo of the Gasols in there with Zach Randolph but uh yeah Mike Conley you can make a legit case but it's such a young franchise that there's a lot of guys I think you can uh that don't there's really not enough head and shoulders like no doubters in my mind but yeah I went with the Gasols and, and, and Randolph yeah um I would go with the Gasols but I would go with Conley over uh Randolph yeah and um, I think that's fair yeah, so nice to get a guard there. Although with the way the Gasols can pass, maybe you. Uh, you probably, <laughs> I, I don't know how well they're going to. I just want Zebo. So. I want Zebo taking the ball up every time. Yeah, so think, that, that'd be fun. Work. That's true. That's a good point. So um, yeah, next, uh, the uh, Pelicans. Um, obviously, um, we have, we have Anthony Davis, uh, who is I think a, a for sure thing, even though relatively young in his career, just has had incredible impact. And, and you know, the Pelicans, you know, we're considering their history since. Um, uh, we're, we're considering their um, history since what uh, 2003. So um, not a lot of great, uh, not a lot of great choices there. Chris Paul, uh, you know, you definitely could have picked him for the. Uh, you definitely could have picked him for this franchise over the uh, the Clippers, but I think he's going to be better known for his Clippers years than he was for uh, these years. Even though he was probably a better player during this time. Um, David West uh, is really good uh, for a while. Um, <laughs> it's got a. Like Baron Davis, we talked about wing with the Hornets, but I, you know, Baron Davis wasn't that good, honestly. I mean, he was he was good, but not really that great. So yeah, this is tough. Uh, Ryan Anderson, uh, maybe Demarcus Cousins. Once he's got a few years, if he stays with the Pelicans. It's this one's really uh, yeah. This, this is this strong. bad. Move over Buck Williams because I have a worse third member. I got Anthony Davis, David West, and PJ Brown. Let's PJ go, Brown. PJ Brown. Let's PJ Brown. do this. Yeah, yeah, there's no good choices. I who the yeah, it's it's impossible. But yeah, PJ, let's go with PJ Brown there. So there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe in retrospect, wish. Should have switched around some Clippers and put Chris Paul on this team, <laughs> right, but, exactly. but it's too late for that. So we're just gonna no. we're gonna go with yep. that. I, I your choices are fine. We'll go with that. Um, and the Thunder. Um, and I think the for sure choices obviously Kevin Durant, the trader, uh, Russell Westbrook, and uh, <laughs> and then we've got uh, Serge Ibaka, uh, James Harden. We've already picked for the Rockets, so that's not happening. And uh, and Stephen Adams, I think, are the pretty much the only other uh, choices that uh, that would would kind of make any sense. Yeah, I went uh, Durant, Westbrook, and Surge. So there. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think Adams could be there, but I don't think he's quite there yet. I would agree with with Surge over um, over Adams. So, um, yeah. And so we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do one more. We're going to do an ABA uh, big three. That um, since you know the ABA teams didn't get presented, the ones that don't exist anymore. I thought it'd be nice to to pick a few of the uh, top key players. Um, 
I, I I think our for sure, since he didn't make it to the Bulls for eighth of us, would be Artis Gilmore. You know, was an incredible player for the Colonels in the ABA. Uh, Dan Essel would be uh, would be a consideration, but we already got him for the Nuggets. And then guys like uh, Connie Hawkins, uh, Spencer Haywood, uh, Rick Barry, who we picked for the Warriors, but if we hadn't, could be on this team. Uh, Billy Cunningham uh, and uh, Zemo Beatty. Uh, uh, Cunningham was an MVP. Uh, Haywood was an MVP. Hawkins was an MVP. They all were pretty short lived in the ABA. Barry played for a little bit longer there. Uh, Beatty obviously helped lead the Utah Stars to a championship. So, and there's other guys too. Those were kind of the the, the key ones that I picked. But we could kind of pick any of the guys in uh, ABA history. So, uh, and I'm guessing you might uh, you might be throwing Moses Malone on this team. Yeah, exactly. So I I held him, but uh, yeah. So I'm gonna do Moses, Spencer Hayward, and uh, Artis Gilmore here. So I, I, that's why I was saving Moses for this. I wasn't sure if we were gonna be able eligible to reuse guys for this ABA team. So I was saving Moses here. But yeah, Moses Malone, Spencer Hayward, and Artis uh, Gilmore were the three that I picked. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Gilmore. I'm gonna go with Connie Hawkins, and then for my yeah. third, I think I'm gonna go with Cunningham over Spencer Haywood. But it's extremely close. I think Cunningham might be a better fit for what they're what what they uh, want to do, and uh, I think it might be a more interesting team. Although Haywood's a really good player too, so uh, you go either way. I'm gonna, yeah, but I'm gonna sure. go with uh, Billy C. So. All right. Well, I think we got through it. We got we did some, it. Uh, we got some big three. Yeah. So you can, I, I believe we got 32 teams here, so we could have a little tournament, you know, uh, have uh, some fun. No, I think we might have 33 because uh, we, we split the uh, Thunder and Sonics and we split the uh, – well, the Hornets and Pelicans we would have split. But I guess we split the no, – yeah, that would be 32 then. That would be 31 plus the ABA team. So 32 teams, we have a little tournament here, you know, see who could uh, – who come out on top? You know, maybe we'll maybe we'll book that in the future. You never know. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's book it. <laughs> All right, <laughs> it's the wrestling coming out of us. So yes, good. indeed. All right, Rich. Uh, anything else to say, or have we exhausted? I ourselves? am done. I have oh. talked enough. All right. Yeah, I had uh, I had seven job interviews today, so uh, it's been a long day for me. <laughs> a lot of talking for me today. So. Uh, so yeah, um, hope everyone uh, enjoyed uh, the show. Hope everyone enjoyed what, the shows that we are able to put out. Obviously, we're on a uh, reduced schedule right now, at least for the next uh, month or so. Hopefully, we'll be back to more regular schedule soon. But enjoy the shows as well. We gave you an extra long one this time, so hopefully that will uh, tie people over for a little bit. But uh, thanks everyone for checking us out. You can find us at the Step Back at Fansided.com. Uh, you can also uh, find us on Twitter and, and Facebook at Over and Back NBA. You can leave us a review on uh, uh, subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. We would uh, greatly appreciate uh, your support during these uh, tough times. So uh, thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back again soon.